We actually don't have uh, any major follow-up for this week. We have one little thing, which is a recommendation from one of our listeners, uh, listener Daniel Klopper. He tweeted at me with a recommendation, like an alternative for Ember. We talked about Ember because Ember is dying. Uh, And he mentioned this this app. (laughs) Well, live with it. Uh, This app called Inboard app, which I took a look at it and I installed the like the trial they have a seven day trial i haven't really like actually used it so i don't have much to say about it but reading from their website and what like the feature list and all it looks pretty much what we would like to except they don't have an ios app and in my opinion like the ui looks a little bit it's, it's know, really old it's, that's the thing yeah, it's uninspiring <laughs> in a way it came out yeah. before um before Ember. I remember oh, yeah. using wow. it while I was in beta. Um, oh, wow. But it almost never got updated since, so I'm not sure if it's still alive. Yeah. It reminds me of Spotify. It was the colors, the dark thing. Yeah, that's true. It's really hard for me to to build a, like a dark UI that I like. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I you're right. I When I first started using... Um, Spotify, I, I thought that the UI looked like Winamp. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that, like all the darkness and everything. But uh, yeah, dark UIs are, are tricky. So yeah, I but, feel like if you have a if you have white background, you can use you can use black and you can use like fifty shades of gray. <laughs> like for body text and all, they will all work. And when you have a black background, there's really not much that you can do when it comes to typeface, like typography color. I don't know, maybe... Well, you can still do different shades of white. You can do 50 shades of white if you want. Show title. (laughs) That'd be a great one. Um, But another thing is you get to use yellow, which is awesome. Because we don't use yellow often enough. You like yellow? Not particularly, but um, so I have this thing where every time I start a new project, I try to use a color that I haven't used very much. So like my website is blue, um, layout is green, the dribble stuff is pink. So I don't know, like every time I do a new project, I try to pick a different color. Sometimes you you run out of colors. So having like a black, uh, black UI lets you use yellow. Cool. Yeah, yellow is a hard color to pull it off. It, it's I don't know. It it's very easy to make it look like crap. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, no, totally. You have to make it almost orange. Right. Yeah. Well. Anyway, so yeah, um, I might use an uh, inboard once um, once Amber really dies for real. Um, wait, it, wait it up. And yeah, see how it goes. I don't know if you can import the library from Ember, though. Just kind of. You know, can like. export your library, but I don't know even like the file format that exports. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. That would suck. But uh, good suggestion, uh, Daniel. Uh, yeah, that's it for follow up. Yeah. Because we, we recorded, like, last episode was kind of late in our schedule. So we actually recorded like four days ago, I think. Yeah, it feels like we just recorded. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's it. Let's get to the show.
So the reason why um, the schedule was all screwed up was it was all my fault. So and that's because I was speaking at a conference. So yeah, this was uh, the first talk that I gave into in a real conference. Like I've done talks at meetups and um, like Shopify events and that sort of stuff. Um, but this was the first real conference uh, where people paid for the tickets and everything. Um, and that was a fun experience. That was uh, that was interesting, actually. That was in in LA, right? Yeah, that was in LA. Um, it was it was a conference for uh, Mac and iOS uh, IT professionals and devs. So it was less like your traditional design conference, um, but it's all people that are super passionate about design and really interested to learn more about it. Um, uh, so that was fun. Uh, so, but. Basically, because it was such a different audience, I almost wrote like an entire custom talk for them, um, just to make it more uh, like more applicable to the sort of work that they were doing every day and that sort of stuff. Um, so it was actually like a new talk, first time really doing a conference, um, and I had to do I had to fill an hour. So that was a little longer than I was used to usually. And right before the conference, honestly, this was possibly the biggest imposter syndrome that I've had in my life. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, it, it doesn't feel like it when you look at other people speak, but there's a huge amount of work that goes into that. And, and everyone just seems so good because, I don't know, like the, the best speakers just make make it seem easy and make it seem like it's just natural and coming out really naturally. It's it's a pretty stressful experience. And what I kind of noticed was that the there isn't really a good um, like the community of of people that do talks and and speak at conferences don't usually talk about um, the challenges that are involved. Like they most of them make it seem like it's super easy and it's just like awesome all the time and like not that much work um when in reality like these people are working like crazy and are um super talented and it's a special skill that is required to to give talks so that was kind of a fun challenge experience i like i like working on my talk from like in like until i was like I worked on it in the airport. I worked on it right until the day before. I like started prepping like a month, a month before. Um, and like, even though I did all that work, I still, I still wanted to <laughs> practice even more. And like, right until the moment I walked on stage, like change little things and like just make it the best that I can. It's definitely so, hard work. Yeah. No. I, have you have you given talks before? Uh, only at like uh, internal company meetings, not like a public, not a, at a conference in a way. So right, hmm. yeah, it's like it's it's pretty stressful to put yourself out there. But once I did the talk, I was like so relieved, and everyone really liked it. And like when I asked questions, and like I had really good conversations with a lot of people. I think it's totally worth it to put yourself like in a zone where you're not entirely comfortable 
uh, and try new things because I, I feel like I, I grew a lot with this experience and got to meet a lot of interesting people. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. You said that you kind of made like a custom talk for this audience, but uh, you forked it from your anti-fragile design <laughs> talk, right? I did fork it. <laughs> well, basically what I did was um, talk about the same principles, but um, approach them from a different angle um, that made it more approachable for a broader audience. And I think actually the, the process of doing that really helped um, the talk overall and made it, uh, made it stronger, I think, overall. So I'm not like assuming really a knowledge, a specific knowledge of design or like specific experience of working on a certain type of project. I think it's a lot more applicable to different, different areas. And by the way, for our listeners, uh, if you haven't read Kevin's talk, because he posted, created his whole website uh, with a, a text adaptation of the talk. Is that fair? Yeah. So, and it's super, super awesome. Thanks. <laughs> um, it's at antifragile.design. Awesome uh, domain. Yeah. Uh, you, should, you should definitely, if you haven't, you should definitely take a look. It's, it's very good. And I love the website itself, man. Thanks. Nice well, now I need to rewrite it, but to with the updated content, but or not, keep it real, man. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I have time. So, do you have any other um, any gigs planned? Not yet, uh, but I'm. You want to keep doing it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I I really love it. Cool. So uh, yeah, keep us uh, keep us informed, and um, I hope to to catch you on a talk someday. Like, yeah, that'd be great. Well, we have to meet up at some point. Yeah, maybe we, we probably do. Um, which, by the way, uh, for the listeners, like I want to meet all of you. If you're in Lisbon, which is where I'm at right now, uh, I would love to have coffee, and I'm going to be in San Francisco first week of December. Um, so if you're around, I would love to meet everyone. And you too, Kevin, that applies for you. You should go to San Francisco as well. I was just there. I know. Well, you're closer than I, than I am. Like it's easier for you. Okay. So, uh, do you have thoughts on photo editing apps? I just added that because I don't know if you saw my, uh, my Twitter rants. Yeah, I did. I was trying to find a good uh, photo editing app. Okay, to be honest, I, I'm a weird iPhone user, and I'm not an iPad user. I stopped using iPad a couple of years ago. So I don't, for example, I don't play games. I play Solitaire. Yeah, I don't play games either. Well, do you play um, like Monument Valley and um, I did. Adventure? Yeah, I did, but I got it done like, with it in a week or something. Then I stopped. It didn't okay, yeah. ignite my passion for mobile games. In <laughs> um, photos, it's the same thing. Like I, I don't take a lot of photos. Like uh, almost none at all. And what? One, yeah, it's super weird. I know. I know it's weird because I don't. I don't know what to do with it. Like I, I don't like to share Post it photos. Instagram. Yeah, I, I, I deleted Instagram on my phone. Like, what? Like, two years ago. Holy yeah. Shit. So I know I'm a weird user. Uh, but usually I, I don't take a lot of photos and when I do I just give it a little touch using the 
Photos app, the native one. Ah, oh, God. And I usually don't share it anywhere. That's it. So you're on your own, Whoa. pal. <laughs> well, what I can tell you is I used Instagram and I used Visco, uh, Visco Cam. I think that's how you pronounce it, right? What? Visco, Visco, Visco. yeah. Right. And they launched uh, a new app that's called Visco, which is awesome. The best name. Is it the GIFs one? Yeah. Oh, there you go. So yeah, I, you're on your own, pal. I have All right, so we're to not going to nerd out over uh, photo editing apps then. We are not. <laughs> Sorry. All right. But, um, but I want to hear your rants because I saw you, your tweets and I'm kind of curious. Yeah, if you're following me on Twitter, uh, you'll see I <laughs> let out a rant the other day. Um, so I was looking for, because I got recently a new iPad, I was looking for a good photo editing app because uh, I took a bunch of photos uh, with my DSLR of the office, the new office that we're in. Uh, and yeah, that, that's another area we could talk about, I guess. So you were looking for a good photo editing app on your iPad. And if I'm not... Yeah, but wait, let's, 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 let's back up a bit. Okay. <laughs> so first, um, so we're moving into the, this new office. So I was like, oh, like, it's going to be pretty awesome and a moment that we want to we want to remember for for a long time and everything so i thought i have i have this big <laughs> dslr um that i have i that i don't really use much but that is um that's still better than uh, than my iphone camera so i was like okay let, let's bring it to the office uh take a bunch of pictures and then i was like okay uh, now I sort of want to post them online and I need to just do some basic processing and edit them first. So <laughs> the best way to edit photos is to import them into photos and then use some sort of iOS device because there's no good photo editing app for the Mac. And I mean, that's what? fine. Uh, I wasn't expecting them to be. Um, but I was like, oh, I have, I have this iPad. Let's, let's see what I can do there. Uh, isn't Lightroom good for you? Uh, well, it's you against my policy of no Adobe apps. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I have Aperture. Oh, no. Wah, wah. Sorry, Adobe. Uh, <laughs> and, and also, you can't do filters really easily in uh, in Lightroom. I know you can like buy like a few filters from other things, but they're I don't know, they're not as as good as the iOS apps in my opinion. So I imported that uh, and then started looking for a photo editing app for uh, for the iPad. There really isn't any good ones. Uh, most of them have like a super clunky UI um, you have to sort of import the photos before and then edit them. Either that or the, the filters themselves aren't very good. So yeah, I tested a bunch of them. And really, the best one for the iPad is Visco. But if you've ever used Visco, I don't know about you, but the icons are just impossible to understand. It's, it's totally mystery how they came up with these icons. It's like, I'll have to pull it up, but uh, it's like a bunch of circles. That means share. <laughs> a my square means what? My experience with Visco is kind of like, first impression is, ooh, slick. Oh, right. I know. This is kind of different. And it's everything is round rectangles and 
stuff and then it's like okay so where am i how do i do this <laughs> uh, yeah exactly like so, usability it's kind of, it's very pretty for screenshots it's very slick it's very stylish in a way but then you try to use it it's it's so bad um they have an icon that's a square with a line uh like in diagonal in it and when you tap it it says say no saved image i'm not sure what this does um <laughs> and like if you add a picture and then somehow like edit it and then select another one you have two images selected so now you can't edit them so i don't know, like <laughs> just such a mess and uh, and i wish there was a better uh photo editing app out there that was really simple that would just automatically show you your, your pictures and let you edit them really easily. The thing is, there is one uh, for the iPhone, uh, and it's, it's called Darkroom. And it's pretty good. The filters aren't as good as Visco, but the, the UI is really awesome. Um, and I really wish they had an iPad app. So what's more important to you is like editing controls, like exposure and the brightness and color and all that, but, or, or would you say it's filters? You need both. Really. Oh yeah. Well, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you can't really prioritize them, I think. But what's important to me is one, not having to import every single photo before editing them. Uh, and two, being able to save the file directly in place. So and I'm assuming that the Photos app is falling short for you. Uh, where? The Photos app just doesn't have enough filters and enough... Well, there's, there's a bunch of like exposure controls and things like that, which is good. And I feel that the, those editing tools are pretty okay, pretty good. I mean, it depends on the level that you want to be in. But for a casual... Prosumer, in a way, they're they're pretty okay. But the filters, I I feel you. The filters are pretty weak, yeah. and you have like five or something. Very very few selection. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, the 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 editing controls, in a way, I I feel that they're pretty 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 capable. Yeah, no, totally. But then it's it's not great having to pick the filter, then save out the the image, go back to the photos app then tweak the exposure or whatever there and then like maybe the filter isn't doesn't work anymore or something right like hmm. sometimes i i want to tweak the exposure first and then i don't know let's let's move on so the only problem with visco for you is their their ui yeah mostly hmm. it's just so bad like it feels like i don't know they are they do they use that do they use that every day or or maybe that's a problem maybe they use it too much and then they know where everything is hmm. but i still feel feel like i point. use it pretty often and it still gets me every time that i don't know where things are or i like do something wrong or something like that and it's just super frustrating so you pasted a link in in the show notes um, yeah uh, you know drew, you know drew wilson yeah. So he's working on this app. It's called Filtron. And I know he's, he's building an iOS and Mac version of it. Hmm. And I also know he, he was on Design Details podcast uh, like a couple of weeks ago. And um, 
I may have got this wrong, but I think he's actually like he wants to build a company with his product. He wants to like he found a partner, like a like a co-founder in a way. For Filtron. For Filtron, he's taking this very seriously. Hmm. And I don't know much details. I mean, the app is not out yet. Uh, but I know that you, if you're a photographer or like or a developer and all, you you can submit your own filters and your own settings. So I'm assuming it's going to have kind of like a, a Visco store, like filter store in a way. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. This is well, that's cool. It's cool yeah. that you could get filters from from people and not just fr- from yeah. like uh, Filtron or whatever. And is building a Mac app, which hmm. it's a platform that for photo editing apps, <laughs> it's kind of like um, yeah, people don't care about the Mac for that. <laughs> uh, I guess if you take the photos on your iPhone, most likely, um, yeah, you just you're already there. You don't need to use the Mac. I don't know if that's the the reason. Anyway, it's just uh, I mean this isn't this isn't it won't solve your problems because it's not out yet, and I actually don't know when it's coming out. They only have a. They only have like a splash page. Yeah, and they don't even have a release date. So, oh, you know what? They only have one tweet. <laughs> They're hoping to submit this month, and that tweet was on March. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, Never promise dates. <laughs> Drew is awesome, and I'm kind of curious to see what, what this is going to be like. I feel like that, that guy never sleeps. I know, right? He's in. He moves to San Francisco. Yeah, that's true. So maybe you'll meet him. Yeah. Ooh. Hey, Drew. Listen to this, pal. You are. <laughs> Let's have some coffee. And ship your app. Yeah. <laughs> Ran me to the beta. Um, okay. So um, we didn't talk about the iPad Pro. Any thoughts? Um, we didn't because, as I mentioned early. Um, earlier, I, I don't use iPad. I'm not an iPad user, and I I'm not excited about this. Uh, I'm excited about other people's excitement. <laughs> like that's what's interesting to me. Like the whole thing of you know, of course, Federico Vitici's uh, review, and he's famously been using uh, an iPad as his only computer, uh, and he posts all of like he works from the from the iPad. Um, but so I, I'm interested in this in this dance that we kind of have of the tablet is going to replace um, laptops eventually, and it's kind of like a thing that people just assume. Of course, it is eventually, but in an infinite time scale, I guess, <laughs> because <laughs> I don't see this happening. In okay, iPad Pro, right? This is it has a Pro in it. Yeah. I don't think they. They are kind of selling it as this is a just a tool for like professionals. I think this is kind of like the MacBook Pro. It's not just for professionals. It's just a fancier, better version of the MacBook. So they have I, the worst I, marketing for it, though. It's like MacBook iPad Pro? Pro, the biggest iPad ever. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> But um, like for me, it's uh, the iPad as a like working machine. It was always out of question because what I do is I program, so I use Xcode. And and I use Sketch or Photoshop or whatever, and none of these uh, kind of tools are even available or possible in the iPad. Like famously, um, P- 
Peter from Human Coding, the guys behind Sketch, when the iPad Pro, iPad Pro was announced, he kind of wrote this blog post basically explaining why they won't be building Sketch for the iPad. And it all comes down to the App Store and the economics of it. Like they, they can't, but with effects that they have now, they they can't um, they can't make a living like a sustainable business with a an app on the iPad. Yeah, yeah, most of the problem with the iPad is either software related or business related. And right, just, right. It just because makes it, it really hard for anyone to make a living making pro apps on that platform. Because I don't buy the thing that you can't build like a good design tool in the iPad because you need a precision of a mouse. Uh, you need you need a lot of screen real estate and, and all of that. Well, you do with the apps that exist right now. Like if you build one an app uh, to take advantage of that of touch multi-touch and, and all of that, then you can. Like it's if you just see the tools as they are now. Of course, they they wouldn't work in the iPad, but that's not the point. You're missing the point. So it's kind of like egg and chicken thing here because. Uh, until we see good professional tools, capable professional tools on the iPad, I don't think a lot of people will 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 go there. And if people won't go there, uh, developers can't justify the the effort of building those tools, right? So it's kind of like we're playing this game, waiting for someone to risk it all and and make the first step. But right now we're not seeing that. Yeah, I I kind of struggle to try to find how they can reverse that trend. It seems like, I don't know, I, I'm not saying the iPad is doomed or whatever, but it just seems like I highly doubt that it's suddenly going to become this pro tool that everyone uses and there's lots of good pro apps for. It just seems like they they missed their opportunity there. I think the biggest problem with the iPad right now is iOS. I really, really believe so. It's, and I, I, I don't want to say this, but probably the reason I stopped using the iPad was iOS. Like, I felt that basically everything that I used the iPad, for, like I could do on the iPhone, and it's not, of course, like reading and watching videos. Sure, that's a better experience on the iPad simply because you have a bigger screen. But you're you're not taking into account the the like the ease of use of the iPhone because if I have to carry an iPad with me just to read and watch those videos and all, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be worth it because if I'm okay reading Twitter like Twitter is better on the iPhone let's let's just say for the sake of argument so I'm I'm reading Twitter on my iPhone and I I see a YouTube link a video and I want to open it and watch it but think. Wait, the iPad is better for that. So let's let me just change back. Let me grab my iPad, open Twitter there, and watch that video there. Like it's it's another device. Yeah, on the, my on my day to day life, it's it's another thing. You have and, to make a conscious decision to use the iPad, whereas the iPhone is just a default device. Right. Yeah, but yeah, but then we have three devices. It's I don't, I don't know. But basically, the iPad never found its place. In my in my workflow in my day to day, and I mean iOS. Don't you feel especially especially with the iPad Pro and that gigantic screen? Don't you feel that iOS is kind of ridiculous? 
on it? Um, I just I don't just know. Take, I, I'm don't even... I'm struggling. I'm like trying to find like is it is it iOS the problem or is it just Apple not not like improving iOS enough? Well, it's for me that's the same thing. It's like iOS uh, only now with this multitasking thing, um, like the split screen thing. Uh, only now they're actually adding features targeted just for the iPad. Like in a, in a, of course there are exceptions, but uh, just like the Springboard, I think that's one of the biggest problems with it. The Springboard, so the the home screen uh, on yeah. the iPad. Mm-hmm. especially ipad pro it's ridiculous it's bananas they don't even like added more icons in one page it's like it feels so not thought out like, like yeah, okay, I'm, I'm sure. we made a springboard for free iphone okay make a, a grid with a bunch of icons okay now we have a 10 inch screen what do we do just uh, use that thing that grid and uh like on atp i think it was the last episode they they had a good discussion on this um which basically they they we're gonna link that in the channel. So you should if you don't listen to ATP, you should definitely. Uh, I think it was John or or Casey or someone. Basically, they said they believe that Apple engineers and designers when they they when they they, they face the problem with the iPad, not the problem, but like oh, we have a new thing. What should we do with it? They they said that they believe that they don't think the current implementation is like the the best one. But they couldn't think of a better one. <laughs> Does this make sense? Like, yeah. we know we sh- we could do something more here, but we don't have the time, and really, we can't think of something better. So let's just use this, which works anyway. So the iPad never felt special, and maybe that's why uh, it kind of like sales are declining, and it's kind of like steadily like it's staling in a way. So it never felt the iPad never felt like a like it deserved the attention of the company in a way. But I don't know if they t- talked about this on ATP, but it feels like if they were to start design designing the iPad interface before seeing what the iPhone is. So imagine you've never seen the iPhone in your life, and you have to design for the iPad. You probably wouldn't end up with the same home screen. Right, because if you start with the assumption that you have this big screen, you probably try to find a way to take advantage of it. That's better than just a grid of icons. And you know what? Android does a better job at that. I with think. the widgets and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I, I don't miss it on the iPhone, but on the iPad, it's like, guys, look at all this space that is not being used, and we have this. It's not even just like screen real estate. It's like, this is a very capable machine. This is competing with a lot of laptops sold nowadays. This is, like, we can do a lot of stuff with this. Yeah. And we're not. It's like, I just feel that, that it's it's not I being... do think, though, that there's a lot of complexity involved with having widgets. I just think I'm not of... saying that widgets is a solution. I'm just saying that yeah. which, widgets, it's a solution in a way yeah my thought was maybe you have like two-thirds of the screen are um your apps and one-third is the notification center so like a little bit like you have on your mac like instead of coming up like uh over the the screen's content you'd have it like as a sidebar on the side 
which would use up a little bit of the space and you can have your widgets in that sidebar. Uh, and then you can also see your notifications. Well, maybe, maybe. I don't think it would solve it, but it would help. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now we have split screen stuff, but you can't drag something from one app to another. And I can see that why. It's because iOS was never meant to select and drag an element because on the iPhone, you would drag it to where? What would do with it? So you can't have the little stupid selection thing and copy or share and then paste it on the other. It's like they are adding stuff without having the base, the core, well thought out. But I feel like they might have to either implement some sort of uh, standard or something because... You can't just like put your finger and like swipe and drag to the other pane, because that's just a swipe, a normal swipe gesture. So it, it could like it could swipe left and right instead of instead of dragging. It doesn't really know what you want. No, I know, I know. iOS doesn't know, but it's like okay, we added so maybe two they apps first touch or something. Oh, it's like they added two split screens, so we now I have two apps. And you know what? Users know this from where from a computer. And now you're kind of like opening your book like to people saying, okay, listen, now we can do this. Yeah, you know this, having two apps at the same time, right? And then the user is going to assume like all of this back knowledge that they have from computers, uh, you can just apply it because it's, it's iOS, right? It's, it's just, it's very simple. It's obvious. And then, nope. It's like, this is, these are two apps completely unaware of one another. Yeah, another thing I wish uh, they had was um, if you get a notif- you're in an app and you get a notification, tapping that notification should open the other app in the smaller uh, pane, I think. So that you can keep like your focus on the main app you're using. But that's assuming that the, the one with the biggest size, it's the one you're using. Yeah. Oh. But I mean, it's still better than, than replacing it. Right now, it's replacing the one on the left. Hmm. So, and, see, and that's the one that can get bigger. Yeah, I, I, I should probably use it <laughs> um, just to know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, do, do you plan on, on buying one? No. An iPad Pro? Nope. No. Because you uh, bought a new iPad and it was an iPad mini, right? Yeah. It's like you're going against the, the trend. I, yeah, I know. Um, so here, here's the way I see it. Well, first of all, the iPad Pro is too big. So There's I don't no way. Like, it, I use this like in the metro or to read in bed or things like that. This is way too big to do that. I don't. I don't agree. You don't agree? Huh? No. Nope. Why? I don't think that they are. They are targeting this to be a very mobile, like use it with one hand while walking. They, Oh, that's true. That yeah, that's true. But I'm just explaining why it's not for me. Oh, okay. So no, it's not that the iPad Pro should be smaller. It's like you don't want an iPad Pro. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. Th- what's the point of having a smaller iPad Pro? <laughs> you basically get an iPad Air. So iPad Pro is out of the question, and that's sort of a shame because uh, I like the things that they've added to the iPad Pro. I like the better speakers. I like the idea of having pen input. I like um, having the keyboard cover. Like these are all awesome things that I want on my iPad. But iPad Pro is just too big for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then now, so now we're looking at iPad Air and iPad Mini. And if you're looking at that, um, the way I see it is look at the, um, and I don't have a good word to say this, but the pixel dimensions or point dimensions, basically. So what you, the like amount of content that you can see on the screen on the it's iPad the Air is the same as the as on the iPad Mini, right? You're not going right. to see more content on the iPad Air. Right. So if if the iPad Air doesn't let you do more, see more things, then I just went with the most portable one, which is the the iPad Mini. So this is sort of my thinking process behind it. It's so, a good thinking. What I would like to see is um, an iPad Air with the UI elements the size uh, that they are on the iPad Mini. So you get almost like an iPad Pro in terms of the content that you see on the screen in the form factor of an iPad Air, which would be a much more compelling device, in my opinion. I never, ha- I never had a, an iPad Mini. I don't know if... Don't you, f- don't you feel like sometimes things are a little bit too small? Never. It, now, when I pick an iPad Air, if, it feels like everything is way too big. Like, That's interesting. Icons are comically large. Like, it just seems like a fake iPad. So, but I mean, that's just because I'm used to the to the mini. But that's a good. That's a, that makes a lot of sense. That, but I I still think that if I were to buy an iPad today, well, see now I, I don't know if I would buy the Pro, but uh, I, I I probably would go with the Air too. Yeah. And I say this about a pro because today, like the pro supports the the pencil and the keyboard and all that, and the air too it does not. So maybe the, I don't know, but I'm not I'm not going to buy an iPad. So right. So, but do you see yourself doing design work on an iPad at some point in the future? If there were compelling tools, sure. With the tools that there are today, of course not. I, I don't think it's even possible. Yeah, that's that's something that I'm I'm struggling with too. Is that the kind of work that I do doesn't lend itself well to the model of apps on the iPad. So I guess the best one would be Sketch, um, but but just coding. Like I need a terminal. I need have a like a browser. I have, I need a code editor, and they need to sort of all run at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that just can't work in, on the iPad. They can't collaborate in that way. So right. it's like I would love to go to go all in iPad. And all the people that you see that that are I, like big iPad users and big iPad fans are writers and people who mostly do email and like casual stuff, right? Right. So, That's a, like all of the reviews that you read. They are written by writers. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. So it's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, you can, I can do all my work. on the iPad. That's easy. Does it support Markdown? Well, I'm done. Yeah, um, exactly. And they use a, uh, an external keyboard. So at this right. point, like, is there so, really a big difference with? Yeah, they can replicate it in the laptop. You can get IA Writer that is exactly the same on the iPad and on on OS then. Like and that. for that use case, I can see the appeal of the iPad even. Even just having like a single app and yeah, it's smaller, it's, it's lighter. Lot, yeah, it's a lot cleaner and, and more focused, and I can see the appeal. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. I, I I would like to. I like the ideal of being able to work from a tablet. I think it's a very modern 
like forward thinking way and it's like a again like computers are trucks it's kind of like that uh, i wouldn't want to use a truck i prefer to use a sports car uh, <laughs> but uh but it's not possible in the worst for me is that it's not possible and i i don't have high hopes that it will be like in, in the near future like i don't i don't see apple apple and google and all the tablet makers we were just talking about the ipad because the ipad pro came out but this applies for everyone. Uh, I don't see them helping developers or incentivizing develop developers to, to to push this push this front. So, so another thing to consider is let's let's say you had great apps for the iPad and you could do all your work on it. Would it actually be enjoyable? Because I'm not convinced of that. Like, can you imagine spending like a whole week? And working for, I don't know, like eight hours a day on a touchscreen device that so like, you have to about... hold your, your arm in the air for long periods of time. So you're just talking about the form factor here. Yeah. I'm not sure that's great either. It depends. I don't know how a design tool would, would behave on an iPad. I don't, I don't know. I mean, if but I mean, you... the idea is you have a touchscreen device that you have to touch with your hand. So either you lay it out on a table, and in that case, um, you're, you're, you get a lot of neck pains, or you prop it up like a normal screen, and then you have your arms in the air, which is also equally really annoying and tiring. I would see more flat on the table, like, uh, like uh, writers and artists do. They, they draw on paper. The, the, <laughs> the sheet of paper is flat on the table. I think that's actually a pretty comfortable, pretty comfortable position to be in. Like, uh, you mentioned huh. the the neck pain. Yeah, well, laptops are not any better. Well, kind of better. They're but. slightly better. Slightly because they're because they're, well, they're upright. Like you, you just look in front of you. Like you have to like lower your your head a little bit. But the iPad is really like looking down. Um, and for me, I and maybe maybe it's just me. I I need to have my setup like just so like this chair set up at the right height and the monitor set up at the right height too. Because working for for hours and hours with the wrong setup just like gives me like neck pains and have I get like a headache or something and. Yeah, I I don't know if the the iPad would work for me. I guess we just have to give it a shot, but we can't. So we we'll postpone this discussion for like five years from now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I'm hopeful that they're gonna put more more resources into it with uh, seeing iOS nine having this big focus on the iPad. Maybe next year we're gonna see a lot more stuff um, there that's gonna make make it better. Um, so who knows? Yeah, so apparently RDO is dead. <laughs> but my real question is, was RDO even alive? Feels like it's been it's been dead for a long time. Yeah, it kind of it kind of I won't say died, but it kind of lost relevance when I, I think I think Apple Music came out in a way. But RDO, that was this time, this beautiful time long time ago in a galaxy far far away that audio was awesome like audio okay so here's the news audio is dead 
uh, and if you don't know audio, it was a, this music streaming service. Um, and it was bought by Pandora for $75 million, right? Yeah. And, well, Pandora is acquiring you know, the, the IP and some of its, its employees. So it's not like, it's not a nightmare for everyone. So someone still has a job. And this makes me really, really sad. And I would just like to talk about this a while. Like it's a, give it a eulogy or something. Like give it some, some last words. So um, did you use RDO? Heck yeah. RDO, uh-huh. RDO is kind of like one of the favorite, one of my favorite products and services that I've used ever. Like, but I mean, are you still using it right now? No. It's sad, right? What are you it's using? Like, sad, like the true love that you have to just give away. Um, so I used RDO uh, like four years ago or something. Like oh, okay. 2011, maybe. Anyway, here's what I loved about RDO. They had the best user experience in UI of a, of a music streaming service ever. Still today, like for me, that was the best UI ever. It was the... the I'd say they have the, the best UI, but not necessarily the best user experience. I don't think so. Like user experience was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. And they, they, they still have a lot of stuff that none of their competitors ever got to it. It, it, it kind of reignited my, my passion for music, for listening to music. I was buying albums on iTunes. Um, then I tried Spotify, and it blew my mind. Uh, because it was just like streaming. What the hell? I don't need to buy music. That's awesome. And then I tried audio. And it was like... It's kind of hard to put in words, like the feeling, the the fuzziness that it that it <laughs> gave to me. Like it was, it was kind of like a Twitter versus Facebook in a way for me. Being Spotify, being Facebook in this this example, because um, I was following all these people that I was following on Twitter, all these San Francisco designers living the dream, yeah. like all my idols and all. They're these- all awesome designers that were there. Yeah, so all of my heroes were there and they were listening to music that I never heard about. And we have this heavy rotation, which was like, I think the algorithm was kind of like new releases to what's popular to very, very influenced by what your friends are listening to. So they gave you this nice selection of music um, for you to listen. And most of the times it was music that I never heard of, like artists that I never heard of. So that was awesome. And then I just, like all of the all of my heroes, all my design heroes were there. So right off the bat, that was a very special place for me. Like this is where the cool people is. I want to be here, and this is awesome. And everything is white. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we we mentioned the dark UI, and they were at least that I I can remember. They were one of the first to to implement this blur effect, right? That now we see everywhere. And yeah, famously, they did that iOS before iOS did. Right, so it felt very modern and slick, and they had, which I don't think any other major streaming service has. They had like reviews for either tracks or albums or even artists. So you could leave, you could write a review or a comment or whatever in in like an album, 
in you can think you might think like that's a very bad idea because people are just going to spam that shit and it's going to be <laughs> like all the haters and it's going to be horrible like comments on the internet they're pretty bad but you know what the community that like all the comments were super well written super insightful um and you could just dig through like you, you would you could go through like a friend of yours or some people and and read their reviews so you could read everything that they were reviewing all these albums and that was awesome yeah i mean audio was pretty great um i i used it too it was the first streaming service that i used i think it works for a specific kind of people and it didn't work as well for me uh i really like the ui and everything um but the way i listen to music is um i hate listening to old stuff <laughs> so I, I only listen to recent music. I think that's like more than a year old is I, I don't listen to. Uh, no, that, well, that's true. That's how I listen to music. Um, and yeah, I, I need to find like new songs every week and based like mostly on the different genres that I like or different music that I like that I am listening um, at the time. And the way I want to listen to songs is from the most uh, recently added to the least recently added. And that's because every time you sort of go on a computer or whatever, want to start listening to music, I, I would start from, from the top of the playlist. So I would hear more often the songs that I just added. So the new songs that I don't know really much. And then like go down the list. So like naturally the older songs would fade away and I'd never get to them again. Um, and that was, that's like my preferred way of listening to music. And that's not really something that was doable using RDO, um, which is mostly why I switched to Spotify. But they're, just their UI and like the interactions that they had. And it was just like a lot of fresh design thinking there that really i think had a huge impact on um a lot of services and products that we use today because these were like super influential designers and really smart people thinking about music and that it felt like they were really passionate about music uh so even though it didn't really work for me i liked the idea of having rdo out there because they even though the things they were building didn't necessarily work as well for me. Um, I think they always had like a really interesting take on how people um, should listen to the, to music. This, this can be weird, this question, but does does music sound different depending where it's being played of? Like, I, this is super weird, but like if I listen to the same track on Spotify and on audio or, or iTunes or whatever, they sound different. Like they don't. Technically, they don't. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same file, but it sounds different. Like the feeling, the experience that you get, it's different in a way. This is super weird. But this happened to me all the time. That is really weird. I don't yeah, think they like, sound different. It's just you have a different perspective, maybe, or different experience. Yeah, it's not that. Like the the. The sound in itself, the waves, they're exactly the same. But the experience, the feeling that you get, for me, it it, it dramatically changes. 
So do you prefer the sound of vinyl or do you prefer the sound of RDO? Let's not go there. But it's kind of, <laughs> but they actually do sound different. Vinyl from from CD sound different. But anyway, so when I use the when I use Spotify, you know they have this UI sound effects on the app itself, and everything was very round and then trying to be cute and have of course a dark UI. So I don't know, music sounds different when I use Spotify than when I use everything else. So RDO is this. It sounded so warm and good, and like people, everyone cared. So that's why it it will forever hold a very special place in my heart. <laughs> We're talking about software, mom. Don't <laughs> I love me. how much you care about this. Oh, right. And you know what? The sad thing is, as you as you asked me before, I I, I was not using audio. Uh, I'm not, and it's 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 very tragic because <laughs> so I stopped using change? audio. Yeah, because performance-wise, it was getting pretty bad. Like yeah. you would, you would hit play, and the app would just hang out for a while, and then talk with the spinning beach ball, and just play with it, and then <laughs> could actually hear the song. So, and because I, I mostly listen to music on my computer. Of course, the app famously, I think I don't know if it still is, but it was uh, simply like a web view. So, uh, performance-wise. It was getting pretty bad and it forced me to look for alternatives. So I went back to Spotify and then I tried Beats Music. Spotify's app then, is also a web view. <laughs> well, all of them are. Like Apple it Music, is, though, uh, I know Spotify. The, but at least the sidebar and the controls, I don't think they're like the buttons and all. In iTunes? I mean Spotify. No, Sp- Spotify is a giant web view. Anyway, it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's very sad. And they had brilliant people like working there. So I'm going to link in the show notes some articles about what happened and what not. And basically, I think a former RDO employee said that he believes that the, the, the biggest mistake of RDO was marketing. They basically, they, they didn't do any marketing. And that's the thing. Like we, I, I felt the need to explain what RDO was when we started this discussion because mm-hmm. not a lot of people were aware of it. And... I know they had a, a sandwich video, actually. Yeah, that's that. true. Um, that was so, really good. Yeah, I'm going to link all this in the show notes. And if you never use audio, well, you missed something very special. <laughs> yeah. And it, there might be like an interesting lesson to learn from that, too, is like we all get excited about design and what the best pro- making the best product and all of that but if you make the best product and no one knows about it and no one uses it then you're not really you don't really have like a huge impact as people who care about design it, it's important to, that we keep caring about design but we also need to care about other aspects try to understand a little like step a bit outside of our our bubble of yeah, but this is the best design and start thinking about why, like the other reasons why people might use other apps. So things like speed. Speed is a huge part of, of the experience of using a product. Yep. Um, and it's, it's not part of the UI or anything, but it's still something you, can, you should consider. It's really sad um, that RDO is dead, but hopefully the people that were working on it are working on new things that are interesting and exciting. So, okay, uh, I have one last 
topic. It's not really a topic. One last thing to talk about. Star Wars Battlefront, the video game, uh, is out. So people were crazy uh, about this game. The all of the trailers and demos, they are they are amazing. It's everything that Star Wars fans want in a Star Wars game. And it's finally out, and I pre-ordered it. And I've actually been watching the original trilogy again, like one a day, and listening to the incomparable episodes on it, which it, it, I think it's still my favorite podcast episodes ever. It's the Star Wars, the incomparable ones. Um, so this is what I want to do. Uh, if any of our listeners, uh, they, you have the game, and you want to play with me, and I don't know if, Kevin, you will buy this game or what. I, I don't play games. Oh man, you're missing out. <laughs> the only game I play is Mario Kart. And if you want to play Mario Kart with me, I will. <laughs> but um yeah, I don't even I didn't even watch the trailer for that game. You'll have to oh you'll have to explain me what it is. <laughs> so is that like based on the actual Star Wars story or Yeah, Battlefront this is technically the third Battlefront game, but they are like rebooting the series whatever. So this is a online game. Okay. It's kind of like Counter-Strike, so you have the Rebels versus the, the Imperials, right? Mm-hmm. And it's an online game uh, in the setting of the original trilogy. So you have battles in Hoth, you have in Tatooine, and like they recreate the battles of the, the original trilogy, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this is, can be up to like 40 versus 40 people, I think. It's like huh. a massive online game in the Star Wars universe. And the graphics are so good. And the thing that I'm most excited about is the sound effects. They're like perfect. So oh, really? cool. you just watch the trailer and that's all you need. You're going to be, you're going to go crazy. So if any of our listeners are playing Battlefront, I would love to play with you. So you can add me on, on PlayStation Network, PSN. Yeah, so I'm playing this on PS4. So I don't believe that they have like cross-platform servers. So I can't play against someone on PC, I think. I think that's pretty safe to assume. So if you're playing this on a PS4 and you would like to play with me and maybe Kevin after he watches the trailer, because I don't think he will be able to control himself and not buy the game. So wait, but can you play on a Mac? Uh, no. Oh. So this is out for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Well, I don't have a PS4, so I could. I guess I could steal the one from the office. They're a bunch of nerds, probably, so they will. Yeah, yeah. this. So again, you can add me on PSN. Uh, My like nickname or whatever uh, is Rafael Con. That's my name, first and last name, one word. And hit me up on Twitter, and we'll we'll arrange a a battle, and we'll defeat all the rebels. Come awesome. Uh, before yeah. we end, I wanna. I also want to end on a recommendation. Ooh. Um, so recently, uh, for my trip, I uh, started uh, listening uh, Master of None, the new um, TV shows uh, by Aziz Ansari. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched it. I watched like three episodes. Okay. So it's on Netflix. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so the show is about um, like a New York actor, um, and he's sort of not sure what he wants to do. Uh, he's trying to do like a bunch of audi- auditions, and it's sort of about like 
his love life slash like relationships. Um, and it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Did you like? Did you like yeah, the first three episodes? I love. I believe it's the second episode with um, his family, like his mom and dad. Yeah, right. I think that's the second or third episode. They're his his real parents. Right, right, right. That hit me really hard. It was. I think it was brilliant. It's so. This is Azari. He's um, Tom Haverford from Parks and Recreation. If you don't know him. And he does some stand-up. So he's a, he's a comedy actor. Uh, I don't know if this is a popular opinion, but on this show, I don't I don't laugh a lot. I don't I don't think it's that funny. But it's 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 uh, it's just a great TV show, and it's in a weird genre because I yeah I guess it's a comedy show, but it's not the jokes that sell it to me. It's yeah no that's true. It's funny situations. And it makes you think about a lot of things, but right. it's not going to be like a joke, a laugh, a joke, a laugh, a joke, a laugh. Right. It's, not, it's not like a stand-up comedy wrapped in a TV show, right. which is good. So, okay, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at Vernal Kick on Twitter and KevinClark.ca is my website. How about and you? I'm Rafa Hari on Twitter and Rafa.design is my website. So you can find the show notes at layout.fm. And if you have any comments or feedback, um, you can send us a tweet at layout.fm on Twitter. Right. You can always use the, the feedback button on the website as well if you want to write us an email and won't fit on a tweet. Yeah. We need a hashtag. Ah, oh, do we though? <laughs> no, that that's what makes it funny. Is that it's totally useless. But we need, <sighs> we need one. Hashtag it's totally useless. Done. Hashtag <laughs> it's totally useless. Well, the, maybe people use use that for other things. I don't care. Really? But it's not it's not specific to our show though. But if they're gonna at mention us, why do you need an hashtag? We'll, we'll get it. Yeah, but that's that's the whole point. You never need hashtags. You're always like extra. T-